So we've been talking about learning in the past few episodes, and this has prompted the question inside of me of, can we learn how to feel less depressed? Can we learn to reduce the intensity of our anxiety, for instance? Can human beings learn how to be happier, how to experience a more sustainable, steady mental health? Now, although this is a controversial subject because we are taught all kinds of things about mental health issues, we're taught that they're complex, that they involve complicated things like neuroscience and biochemistry and our environment and our childhood and what we eat and the level of stress we have. And there's so many other factors that we look towards to blame for mental health issues. But despite all of that, the answer is yeah, we can learn how to be less depressed. You are listening to What We Should Have Learned in School. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we can use our willpower and try really hard to make ourselves feel better, that we can somehow wave a magic wand and change our internal sensations and emotions. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) Life doesn't seem to work that way as far as I can tell. But what I am saying is we can learn how to not add fuel to the fire per se when it comes to things like depression or anxiety. We can learn how to not make things harder or worse for ourselves. That is something that we can learn. So think of everything that you've learned up until this point. You've learned how to eat food. You've learned how to walk. You've learned how to talk, how to tie your shoe, how to drive a car. Later in life, you learned professional skills. You learned how to use a smartphone. You learned how to do math, perhaps more or less successfully than other people around you. That those are the kind of things we tend to think of when we think of learning. But here are other things that we've learned in our life. We've learned whether hard work is important or not, whether that's a value that should be esteemed or not. We've learned what is seen as beautiful and desirable in our culture and subculture. We've learned what's not beautiful, conversely. We've learned ways of coping with conflict. We've learned how to behave on a first date. We've perhaps learned road rage or not. (laughs) We've learned whether smoking or drinking is okay or not. So no matter who you are or what your history is, when us human beings are awake, when we are in an awake state, it's actually pretty rare that we're not learning. That's actually the exception rather than the rule. So just like your ancestors before you and mine before me, you have adapted to your environment just as I have. And, and yet this adaptability factor is a constantly ongoing process. It's not something that's set in stone. We act as if we are these creatures that have these fixed personalities and these fixed experiences and outcomes in life. How often does the brain like to predict what our future is going to hold? But the truth is we don't really know that. No matter how convincing our memories appear, we don't know what the future brings. 
change is ongoing and neuroscience backs that up. When we learn something new, there is a physical change in our brains. I mean, our brains are adapting all of the time. With unused connections fading away and new connections being formed and strengthened when new information is learned and recalled. So that's the beauty of this. This isn't rocket science in the sense of when we learn something new, it's, it's fragile in the beginning. Let's go back to the language example, right? When you're first learning a language, it takes a lot of work to try to figure out what you want to say. But over time, as you become fluent in that language, it becomes very effortless. The words just seem to flop out of your mouth. In fact, whatever your native language is, you really don't think of language as being a difficult thing at all. So in the same way, when we're talking about any subject, including mental health issues, including the learning of how to not make things worse for ourselves, every time that we use, practice, recite, reflect upon, speak about this new information, these new ideas, those networks in our brain get stronger and our ability to recall that information becomes easier and more effortless. And that's often on this show, I talk about the difference between the information on this show going from an intellectual understanding. I mean, I'm not usually saying super complex things here. People say, yeah, Amy, that's easier said than done though. But this is the tipping point. This natural ability to learn and keep digging into those new pathways is the tipping point for a lot of people from when it moves from these are great ideas, but it's really hard to use in real life to these principles showing up effortlessly in someone's life where they no longer have to think about how difficult it is. They don't have to think about consciously letting things go, for instance. They just live that way because it makes sense. So for those of you who still aren't convinced about our natural ability to learn and how this relates to our emotional well-being, here are some concepts that could help you along. So the first is this. There's a big difference in the tools that we use in order to get whatever result it is that we're seeking. A lot of times people will feel disillusioned by this. They'll feel like, oh, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm doomed to suffer and struggle. I've been trying for 10 years to be less depressed, Amy. It's not possible for me. Well, here's the thing about that. If you've already tried 20 different things, that's actually a great sign. It means that you're actually closer to the tool or tools that may take that learning over the edge into a lived learning. So let's think of learning like this. When you're learning something new, it's like going into the Amazon jungle and you're forging a new path from scratch. So it likely will take some time. It will take some repetition. It will take some effort. But when we find the right tool, in my experience, that's the equivalent of being able to have something like a bulldozer at your disposal to forge this new learning path versus a butter knife. So again, we're always learning. There, there really is no right or wrong. I'm just using right tool in the sense of trying to define tools that perhaps are more effective and more precise. Things that can cut through the clutter and get you to where you want to go a little bit faster. 
because not all methodologies when it comes to mental health work the same way. Some are more effective for some people, some are more effective for others. And so it is a bit of trial and error that each of us have to often go through. And that's not a reflection of you. That's not a reflection of your future. It's just part of being in life and the process of learning. So I'll give another example about this kind of right tool, right result. I was working on a specific musical skill and I downloaded this app to do so. And the first time I did this test, I had 25% accuracy on this one specific musical skill. And naturally, I did feel a little disappointed, but I also was aware of the process of learning and, and was grateful that at least I know what area I need to work on now. And so I worked on it throughout the month. And at the end of the month, I scored a 90% accuracy on related musical skills. And this didn't take hours a day, actually, but it did take some consistency. There was a little bit of learning most days. And so this, I think, is the misconception that we have to put in all of this huge amount of time and effort, but with the right tool and with a pretty steady practice schedule of maybe even 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes a day, it's amazing how this creates harmony with our brain and how we're learning and really gets the best bang for our buck. Now you may say, well, musical skills have nothing to do with mental health. So I'll give an example of one of my clients. One of my clients was told that he had an incurable mental health disorder. And that turned out to be incorrect. After finding the right tool for him, he has healed. He does not suffer the way he used to. And it wasn't medication that made the difference for him. It was a new framework for living in which he can always look back upon when he gets stuck. But now, so many of the things that he was doing before, such as the negative self-talk, the rumination, he just doesn't engage in that in the same way anymore. I'll give another example. Another gal reported feeling depressed 95% of the time each day. In six months, that figure was down to 10%. And eventually, she no longer identified as a depressed person. So what I'm trying to say here, the right tool or tools equals previously unimaginable results. So to sum up today's episode... Can we learn how to not make things emotionally harder on ourselves, regardless of who we are, regardless of our diagnoses, regardless of our past? Yes, we can learn how to not make things psychologically worse for ourselves. And that is because learning is an inborn trait of being human. And learning causes real physical changes in our brains. So although spontaneous aha moments are great, you hear me talk about those a lot because they can catapult our level of understanding in an instant, continuing to reinforce what we're learning about the principles of mental health and life with short reminders, you know, a few times a week, whether it's a five to 10 minute podcast or having a short conversation or reading a chapter of a book or maybe writing down your reflections, those repetitive instances where we're reinforcing this new way of being in the world can really give us a huge edge in taking these principles, these concepts that we share on the show from, yeah, that's a nice intellectual idea 
to an effortless lived experience where it doesn't seem hard to be this way in the world anymore. And lastly, don't discount how effective the right tool or tools can be in your journey. Look for the tool or tools that cut through the clutter and rely more on facts versus the opinions of the person giving you the information. That's a good tip that I have used that has borne a lot of fruit. (laughs) So my homework for you today is after listening to today's episode, what is one thing that you have actually learned about life from your environment, could be your culture, could be your teachers or the media, What is one thing that you've actually learned about life from the environment that you previously thought was a fixed truth of how the world is? So what is one thing that before you thought was a fixed truth of the world, but now upon reflection can see that it's actually something that you've learned and therefore it's moldable, therefore it can change. Until next time, stay curious take care of yourself and keep rocking. My name is Amy Leo and you've been listening to what we should have learned in school.